Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com SBO. Terms and conditions apply. Hey. Hey. What'd you think? About what? Did, did you get my text? Oh. Hey, welcome to yet another episode of Did You Get My Text? I'm Patton Oswalt. I'm Meredith Salinger. And as we speak, it is Tuesday, June 28th, and as we are speaking... Kids across the, the nation. Well, the, <laughs> the surprise witness in the January 6th hearings is talking. I don't know who it is. I've, I'm, I'm DVRing it at home. I'm actually taping it. And when I go home after recording this, we're going to find out who the surprise witness was. Who do you think the surprise witness is? I don't have any idea for no the January 6th hearing. I actually have been so busy, I haven't been watching it recently. Well, there's a huge, this was a big last-minute session, and there's a surprise. I know, and it's, everyone's going to know it. by the singer. Who, but... who knows? They should, the person should come in in a masked singer outfit, like, you know, like a giant bird or a big toad, and then, like, start testifying, and then they people try to guess who's <laughs> testifying. That'd oh, be my great. God. That would be amazing. Yeah. And then guess by their voice. Do you think it's a woman? Everyone's going to know by now. Everyone. So this is going to be like, you guys, how could you not have Well, known? apparently one of the reasons that they're doing a surprise witness is because this person has. Feared for their life. They are fearing for their <gasps> life. And there are, there sure are credible are. threats against them. So. Oh, my God. <clears throat> Again, we're, the, the fact that we are arguing back and forth and an, an, an ex-president and his administration is threatening to kill people. <gasps> like openly threatening to harm them. And Wait, like, what? I mean, there. Every have you watched at the end of the hearings? You're like, we're gonna let um, the witnesses leave first, so the metro police can protect them and make oh. sure they're safe. Oh, and then like, yes, that's like a, the 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 fans. But that's the, just normal. The, the fans of the bad guys. Are, yeah, yeah, like we're just gonna make sure that they don't get killed. Right. And then we'll decide uh, whether uh, a crime happened. Wait a minute. Right. Didn't you just <laughs> didn't you just describe a crime happening? That's like mob stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Um, so that's what's happening as we speak. Yes. But so much else is happening. Yes, kids across the nation are going to camp mm -hmm. and having their summers right now. Mm -hmm. um, and our daughter is gone to camp for yes. three and a half weeks, sleep Off away. She goes. And um, I, I, she did go to camp here in California, but it was like in Fresno. Yeah. And which is like nowhere near a lake. It was. It was the the camp she went to. It was great. Was beautiful. But no, no, great, great, great camp. But I felt like uh, that camp every two weeks they would do the exact same thing and have new people every two weeks. And this camp that she's going to, everyone starts at the first day and leaves at the last day. She also really, really um, is into the idea of traveling and go, I've gone to a new state. Oh yeah, what she states loves have that. I been in? What states have I gone to? So this is in a completely new state she's never been to. She's very excited. So it's in Vermont, and my. Best friend from college lives in Vermont, so we, Alice and I flew to stay with her, mm -hmm. and then she and her daughter and I drove to drove the girls to camp. There you go. And we brought them there, and Alice was super cool, and I was super cool, and we're walking around, and we're showing the lake, and we're showing the dining hall, yeah. and the crafts, and all the fun things, and then and then the girls looked like they were like ready for us to leave, ready like, for yeah, the moms yeah, to leave. Yeah. And I was so cool. I was like, all right, all right, okay, have fun. You guys are going to have the best time. And I was like, give me a hug. And the minute I hugged her, I burst into tears. Oh, my God. I burst into tears. It just came over me. Mom, she's, you're embarrassing me. But she didn't do that. Oh. She hugged me back, and she's like, you're the best, Mom. Thank you for this opportunity. She was very sweet and appreciative okay, good, good, good. and awesome. Um, and so, but I said to her when I left, I was like, okay, 
you know, Daddy and I want you to write us because we're not going to know anything about anything. So please, if you can, write twice a week and tell us what is going on about your camp. About And then she's like, Mom, I'm like, please, 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 just, just write me so I know you're alive. Mm-hmm. So guess what the first, I just <laughs> got the first letter from so her. So hang on, you leave her and go, write me so that I know you're alive. That's what you left it in, like as a joke. Ha ha. Yeah, as write a joke. Me as, write me so I know you're alive. I was like, just Thinking ri- she'll write you a normal letter. Yeah, guess what I got? What'd you get? A card mm-hmm. that said... I'm alive. Love, Alice. <laughs> That's it. I'm alive. <laughs> Every, she followed the instructions. She waited. Uh, she waited a week for that punchline. She wait the, the the patience and the um, the planning for that for that punchline. You gave her the setup, and then she and the part of the joke is the waiting for the letter, and then you open it. and It says I'm alive. Yes, but I would like brilliant. to brilliant. But then she sent me another letter. Oh dear. And I would like to read that to you. This is going to be a moral uh, quandary for us. She has set up a moral quandary, basically, with this second letter. Hasn't she? She has. All right. And so, Read it. Okay. So she sent me another letter, and this is what it says. Hello, Mother Goose. Camp is fun. I haven't made many friends, but it's only the first real day. I'm sort of friends with this girl in my bunk. Her name's ha- Hadley. The food is pretty good, and the activities are fun. But enough small talk. <laughs> the reason I have written you is because I want something. Nay, I need something. Would you be able to send some Sour Patch Kids? You would have to hide them in something, though. It is a difficult mission. Dare I say, almost impossible. If I were to trust anyone with this task, it would be you. Love, Alice. So, the rules of the camp are you are allowed to send, like, books or letters, but you're not allowed to send any kind of food. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being the cool mom. Right. So I sent her a letter back, mm-hmm. and this is what I wrote. Mother Goose here. Got your message. The Underground Cool Mom Association has met. Plans are in motion. Is this an easy task? The answer, nay. Difficulty level, high. Dare I say almost impossible, perhaps. Do I risk the ultimate penalties associated with said task? For you, I will accept this mission. I got word you are still alive. Everything is on track for the greatest master plan ever, love mom. So I sent those things to my parents. Right. I was like, look how funny Alice is. Isn't this funny? Right. And my stepmom wrote back, basically, do you want to be known for breaking the camp rules? Is this the first time you're at camp and you're breaking the camp rules? Unless you get away with it. Well, right. Well, here's the conundrum. Okay. What is the ethical situation that is presented? My dad was like, oh, my God, great idea. How are you going to do it? And what are we teaching our daughter? Exactly. What are we modeling? Right. So there's all these things. First of all, my dad was like, ooh, fun. How are you going to do it? And I was like, ooh, I'm going to get a journal, and I'm going to exacto knife some pages out and shove them in there. Okay. Make Again, making a hollow book is actually harder than people think. It's not just cutting out pages because then – you got to glue the sides down or they all come apart and everything falls out. Hey man, you got to be very careful. I can do it. You can also buy, again, here's what's really sad. So when she mentions this plan to me, I have three hollow books on my bookshelf, but they're very, very old books. It's like They're definitely books she's not going to read. Mollier and Bulwer-Lytton. It's like, oh, my God. But in my mind, I'm like, yeah, we'll send her one of these books. Like they, they would immediately flag this thing. She's not reading the collected Mollier uh, when she's at summer camp. There are, I think you can buy... Very contemporary-looking hollow books that, well, would, that would look like something that a kid would have or or other hollow items. Right. Okay, we're talking about although, although, committing crimes, basically. Yeah. We're, we're talking about being criminals right mm-hmm. now because this is not allowed. Yeah. And what's the message you send your kids? Now, my personal opinion is when I read the rules, mm-hmm. it said don't send food and that stuff mm-hmm. because – It'll feel like the other kids will feel like they didn't get anything or there's not mm-hmm. enough to share with everyone. But then I was like, but if it's like, okay, what if it's like four smushed Sour Patch Kids in a letter? That's not no. that big of a deal. No, Listen, my sister used to send that to me when I was at camp. Well, she has to know, obviously, if she gets the Sour Patch Kids, she can't go showing them off to people. No, it's just for her. Well, then maybe we she we should use, uh, I don't know if you ever did this, but... Um, when you would um, smuggle pot onto an airplane. <gasps> wait, wait, what? Never, never. Are you insane? What's, never. What do you What do you think? What do you think I was saying? I don't know. You said when I smuggle pot on an airplane. When you, you just listen. You mean to me. when one? When no. one would try is what you're saying. Not no, me. I used to smuggle pot <gasps> on an airplane. Patton. Who cares? No one cares. The government. You would put it in a um, Ziploc baggie and put it like in a shampoo bottle or something like that. Mm-hmm. So can they, can we send them shampoo? Toiletries, and we think of a toiletry bottle that would be empty, and then we we put it in a bag and again, put it in there. Again, whatever method of contraband, uh-huh. it's still contraband. Yeah. And is the message so? 
my friends are like, you're not sending her drugs, you're sending her candy, and it's not going to make anyone jealous because you're not going to send her that many, and just can't you be like the fun auntie? And I'm like, yeah, I want to be the fun auntie and mom. Are any of your friends against this, or only your stepmom has raised an objection? My stepmom has raised an objection, right. but it put my ethical oh fur on high alert. And yep. I'm I'm an ethical person, and I also want to set a good example for my daughter, but I also want to be like, oh, my God, isn't this fun, and isn't this a funny memory? Right. And she'll be like, cool mom, 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 yeah. mom, remember that time you smuggled those things to me? And I think it's funny. I say we smuggle. You say we smuggle? I say we smuggle, and I say, I say we find a toiletry that's okay to send, and mm. then we that's how we smuggle it. No, but think? I think only books and letters. You're not allowed to send well, anything. Well, then we got to get we got to get a, a hollow book or something. <laughs> I think I think what I'm going to do what? is I'm going to smush oh, dear some God. sour patch kids as flat as possible and I'm going to put them in a card and I'm going to um, make it just, you know, flat like you know they have are those there cards sour, with... are there sour patch things that are made like ribbons? I mean, can we go to Sugarfina cuz they have all kind they do literally they have, there's like Ribbon candy and flat That's versions true. of it. That's true. That's a great so idea. So if you went to Sugarfina, I mean, Sugarfina seems to have every form of candy in every shape and form. But so she maybe... specifically said Sour Patch Kids. Well, but what I'm saying is if she wants the flavor of them. Maybe. Anyway, also there's a canteen there where kids buy stuff. And I'm just wondering, do they not have them there? And then do I do I be like, hey, sell these to Alice when she comes in? <laughs> or does she want the thrill of contraband? I think she wants the thrill of contraband. The thrill of contraband. Okay, well, then we got to figure out a way. We'll figure it out. We I can think, stop at Sugarfina. I think this is what the plan's going to be. I think I'm not, because I was going to try to, like, send her a whole bunch. Yeah. I think I'm just going to get a card and smush some Sour Patch Kids in it and put some saran wrap around a, it. Uh, send a letter t- twice a week, and each letter has two Sour Patch Kids smushed into it. Well, I think so I need to send one and see if what this what how it how it went down. But then indicate that and let her go. By the way, you're not just getting one. We're just testing to see how this <gasps> no, goes. No, we're not going to commit the crime a million times. It's going to be a one time. But it's easier to. Oh my God! Have you have you not seen the Great Escape? That's how they get rid of all the dirt from the tunnels. You put a little bit in your pocket. You walk through the yard. You let it. Go down your so – you <laughs> yeah. do a little bit at a time. So a little and then bit you, at a time. So you send her a couple at, at a time, and we keep her in Sour Patch Kids over the whole summer. <laughs> You've got to map out your contraband, baby. <laughs> Haven't you watched The Wire? Supply I, and demand. I really just want to know if our listeners are down with the be cool, send a couple kind of thing. Or, you know what? There's a <clears> thing <throat> for a reason. There's rules for a reason. And don't try to be that parent who's like trying to not be good. Well, we got then we then then we haven't made a decision yet. We got to suss this out. <laughs> we haven't made a decision. Um. Anyway, the bottom line of all of this is, I think our kid is pretty fucking hilarious. Yeah. And I love that she that she wrote that letter. I think she's funny, and everybody. Oh is my god! Like, what if oh, she's she... doing some? What if she's doing some weird moral test on us, and we do send her the sour patch? And then kid, she's, she's like, like, "I was testing. I am very disappointed. <laughs> you know, you you taught me." This is so hypocritical of you guys. I will never believe another thing that you say. Like, oh my god! I mean, I literally talk about honesty all the time. It's like the one thing I said: you can do whatever you want as long as you're honest with me. I mean, obviously not do whatever you want, but like if you do something and something goes down and it's bad, like don't lie about it. Please mm-hmm. just be honest, because honesty will get you far in life. Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, also in the long run, honesty makes your life way easier and way less stressful because you're not keeping all these plates spinning of this web of lies. That yeah, you're and then creating, and you know? then when you're honest with someone, they can operate with the facts as opposed to being their agency is taken away when right, they have right. to then you know guess what's going on in someone's yeah. life or yeah. whatever. You need to give the other person opportunity to be their own self and have their own agency and whatever it's going to be. Yes. I, 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 yes. All of that. Morality lessons with Pat oh, and boy. What a great way to kick off the <laughs> podcast. Okay. Um, Let's take a break and we'll come right back. Life is a highway and on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com SBO. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, we're back. Thanks for coming back with us. Thanks for not uh, switching over to some horrible other podcast. We know you're listening to other podcasts. It hurts us. Um, so, okay, I want to talk about... This is we're gonna. I'm gonna start by talking about Wordle, and then it's gonna go way deeper into a lot of my compulsions and OCD. So uh, Meredith and Alice introduced me to the wonderful world of Wordle. I'm a big crossword puzzle freak. I do the New York Times crossword puzzle every day, and then they said, "Oh, this is a great game called Wordle, which is like Mastermind but with words and letters." So um, I started playing it, and now, of course, I. If I'm awake at midnight, I immediately do the next day's Wordle. Yeah, I do that. And, and then I and I and then I send it to Alice and um, Meredith. Boom! Here's how many I did it in. Um, I don't post it onto my Twitter. It's I know a, a lot friend, of people do that. It's a friendly competition amongst the family. It's a very friendly competition. Yeah, and 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 there's there every now and then there's some light bragging rights. And then <laughs> um, Alice uh, and you introduced me to two other offshoots that I love. Hurdle and Framed. Hurdle is Wordle, but for songs, you play, you know, one second of a song, and and then you got to, how many seconds can you guess it in? It keeps playing more and more. And then one's called Framed, where they show you six frames of a movie, how many frames can you guess it in, you know, first Mm -hmm. frame, second frame, whatever. Um, Now, of course, it has become this weird ritual with me where I can't start my day until I do those three things. You woke up actually kind of early this morning. I woke up. I think you got up at like seven or eight. I seven. woke up at like eight thirty, and I guess you were downstairs on the front swing. And I immediately went through all three of those and sent them to you. Like boom, boom, boom. Here I am. <laughs> and um, it just it it's and and also there's this new meditation app called Headspace that is oh I love that app pretty fantastic. But I feel compelled to do all of the things every day, or I haven't somehow. That's great. You know. Um, but but again, sometimes things that are there to be good for you can become a hindrance if you make it a weird ritual, ritual where uh, the the fate of the world or 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 the fate of chaos versus order somehow somehow hangs in the balance. So, so like an OCD situation. It's become an OCD, and same with my Duolingo. Duolingo is now Duolingo added this thing where there's a daily goal you need to reach of oh like my. do two perfect lessons find zari five oh no. times so i've got to do that every day honey how long do you think that those things combined take you the duolingo the duolingo plus takes about 20 minutes headspace um well headspace is throughout the day there's a little 1 minute meditation okay but gonna, you know. let's let's just give me the numbers i'm not really sure and, and then, then it depends on and framed and wordle and well, hurdle. Not to brag, but usually framed and hurdle don't take that long. Right. And, and, and that's the other thing. Wordle doesn't either. Wordle sometimes takes long for me because I get really wrapped up in what could all the possibilities be. Oh, I do it so quickly. The thing about here's but the I thing don't. With, but I don't try to guess it in two. I I usually guess it in four. Here's the thing about um, framed three. framed and hurdle for me though, and and this was this really became evident today. Um. Hey, framed. Um, what, if if you're assume that movie freaks are playing your game, and make the first frame as difficult and weird as possible. This morning, uh, it's Tuesday, June twenty eighth, and the framed was Blade Runner, and it was so obviously Blade Runner from the first frame. They literally picked one of the most iconic shots from the movie, where it's like, well, that's that's Blade Runner. Like you could have gone a little more obscure and really test people, and then same with. Hurdle, and and I know that Hurdle has a bit of a challenge for whoever's doing that game. There are some songs that have insanely iconic openings. In fact, hit songs are designed to have an iconic, um, uh, hookable opening. Oh, totally! That so wants to get, get you, you into it, get you on the dance floor, get you. Yeah. Although, Michael Jackson's. But here's the thing: there, is, for instance, today, Tuesday, June twenty eighth, and I played you the first second of the day's Hurdle, and it was. Journeys Don't Stop Believing, which literally the first note. piano note, you're like, it's Don't Stop Believing. Yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of um, dance and disco songs that have a thing called the call to the dance floor, where before the actual beat drops in, there is a little bit of a prelude that lets everyone know the dance song is starting, get to the dance floor and get ready. Very famously, um, Thelma Houston's Don't Leave Me This Way has this wonderful orchestral opening of like, here we go, and she's going, ah, ah, ah. And then that's what people are like, come on, come and to the dance floor with me. the beat drop, yeah, exactly. Can I, I just want to uh, say something. My yeah. uh, Questlove um, 
plays hurdle a lot. He's obviously a music guy, and sometimes he must he, get them all in one. You'd think he would, but sometimes he doesn't, and he gets shocked. But what Why? he did post recently about what you were just saying was how to DJ well at a party, mm-hmm. and it was like... Oh, I read that thread. That was it, that was fascinating. It was fascinating, and if you guys go on Twitter and you can find Questlove's uh, DJ thread, it's incredible, because basically he's saying, don't, you know, some DJs get out there and play all the hits, like 20 danceable songs mm-hmm. that are amazing, and he's like, I don't do that. I start a little slow. Yeah. I give, pe- and then I'll like throw in one amazing hit that's gonna get people on the dance floor, Another one to follow it so they're there and then give people a little break. Like maybe they didn't want to dance this whole time. Maybe they want to get off the dance floor and get a drink. Rest. Give them a rest. Give them a little rest. Play some cool stuff and then hit them with another dance song. And he he lays it out so beautifully. It's the most well-written DJ. It's it's like reading uh, how a chef puts a menu together. Absolutely. And and it really does have that. I mean, uh, again, I'm not – I remember I, when I was a wedding DJ, this is not the same, because I was like clacking cassette tapes into a player. Yeah, you used and it to... was all just like, you know, just play the, I was playing, I was not, You're trust like, me, uh-huh. I was I was not in a, uh, uh, I was not trying to um, uh, curate an evening <laughs> in a um, in an Elks club in Sterling, Virginia. I was just trying to get through the night and get my check. But what was the song, what did the song sound like? Because you would play oh. songs that were from like really old cassette tapes, and so this, what would it well, sound like? Well, the, the guy that ran the company, he was such a sweetie, but... He just had the oldest cassette tapes. He'd make these mixes. So they would all have been played a million times. So it was almost paradise. Kind of like. <laughs> like it was just this weird, muffled, sounded horrible. Um, yeah, we did not have the technology that that, uh, that the people on the ones and twos have today. And also, I, I just, it was not a, it wasn't a calling for me the way it was for people like, Questlove and you know I've had I had a I remember when I moved into my house in Burbank before I had any furniture and it was just and I was about to do all this demo um, because I was going to redesign it so I was like I'm going to throw a massive house party it doesn't matter what gets broken because it's all going to get busted anyway like I literally invited people over like you can elbow the walls it doesn't matter they're (laughs) all going to get knocked down and I had this DJ um, that uh, through a friend of a friend and he was just amazing like he knew and this was in an empty living room in Burbank and he had people just hopping oh up God, and down because he knew exactly how to get the whole party going. So fun. Yeah. So yeah, that that kind of but yeah, Hurdle Hurdle try to find songs that are knowable but don't have the most Obvious. instantly hookable but, opening. Okay, let me let me counterpoint on that by saying a lot of people know music really well and some people don't and they still want to play the game so for them it's like oh everyone got the journey thing everyone yeah, like yeah, yeah, and yeah. so it's fun you know sometimes even framed you got to give it up for people so they don't not want to play sometimes right. you need something easy just to like oh i re- i still like this you know keep it challenging just like the crossword puzzle they do it on purpose they do it like mondays easy tuesdays yeah. it gets harder and harder till saturday but everyone gets a chance to play i guess although one time before i knew this was years ago when i was on a i was on a promotional tour for ratatouille this is in 2007 i hadn't i wasn't really into crosswords so on the road we'd be in airports and i would Grab the New York Times. I would start doing the crossword, um, and uh, I didn't know that that was the. That's how they spaced out the crosswords. Oh. So it was a Monday, and I'm in a lounge. It was me, and it was Brad Bird and Janine and I, and we're traveling. And I got, can I do the crossword? Oh yeah, sure. And I just blasted through it. I couldn't believe how easy it was, right. and I was like, I'm a freaking genius. And I was doing that, <laughs> that humble brag like. Um, if anyone wants to read the rest of the uh, art section, I finished the crossword. <laughs> like I wanted that credit for, and but Janine and Brad, who were big crossword guys, like uh, great, like they knew it was it's like Monday, it's Monday. It's easy, yeah. And then as the week went on, I kept doing them, and they're getting harder and harder. And then Friday, like, hey, can I get the uh, art section and do the crossword? And I, I like, I think I got like two of them, and I was so embarrassed, and I was like. Kind of slid and now you do it on an app, and it times you. And it times me, and I can do it really fast now. Because, but that—that's because I've been doing it nonstop for, um, oh my god, five years now. So you know, I, I like the mini, six years, six years. The New York Times does like a app with mini, mini. Every day you get a crossword and you get a mini. Yeah, I love the minis. I love the I love the Thursday ones where they really mess with your brain. Where, like, maybe one of the squares is a rebus, like it's the word bat. And and you have to figure out where to put bat in there. There's there was one on Easter. They were all um, literally. It was the word egg. 
that would fit in because they were they hid Easter eggs in the Sunday crossword. Oh, that's and then cute. when you finished it on the app, they came up as little different colored eggs and they would fly. It was really They cool. do get really clever. The the hard ones are that. very clever. Whoever designs the game is incredibly well, brilliant. Well, Will Shorts is the overall he is the master. Um, he is the 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 grand sage if you've watched the that amazing crossword uh, puzzle documentary about the New York Times crossword, but he finds these puzzle makers that are just diabolical, like genuinely diabolical. And you really, you can feel when on, on the West Coast, Wednesday at 7 p.m., that's when the Thursday puzzle drops. And that's when you can literally feel and hear Will Shorts rubbing his hands together with like, oh, so. There really is an addictive quality to these games, like Duolingo and like you say, Wordle. And it's like, mm-hmm. I got it. And it's amazing how they get you. It's amazing the structure, how it's built. Just like when you watch, what was that movie um, about the social networks and everything? Social Dilemma. The Social Dilemma. And it's how the the people at Apple change those little dots when you message each other to Mm -hmm. like keep you addicted to your phone. And there's all these addictions. All endorphin rewards. Right. You, You pay off people's endorphins. People are and, and you and you give people badges and rewards every month on uh, Duolingo. If you get up to a thousand points, you get their special monthly badge. Different every month, and but I want that a, badge. Isn't it amazing? I want that badge. How people like oh, want it so badly when yeah. it's just so arbitrary. Mm-hmm. It's exciting, and you're learning. Like at least Duolingo, you're actually learning. And um, yeah, I'm learning a language. Um, but it, it's just it, you know, just it's it's almost like brainwashing a little bit. It's. The addiction, keeping you addicted to something. Like Fox News does it really well. They keep you addicted like scandal up next. Stay tuned. Well, all or- the ca- by the way, all the cable channels do they, – they all – even even when um, they try to say, well, we're trying to bring you the news, they can't not use that – they can't help themselves using that structure of breaking, yeah. next, mm-hmm. just in. You know, after so this message. Not, after the – do not turn away. Right. Do not turn away. And I just remember a long time ago I was watching, you know, just like the local news and they were like – there's something in the water that's going to kill you. Stay tuned and we'll tell you. I'm like, no, 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 just tell us right now. If there's something I, in the okay. water, just tell us right now. I remember. All the time it took you to say, stay tuned, you could have just said what the problem was. I remember, uh, this, I remember this so clearly back in the 90s, the local LA Fox affiliate, their local news. So I'm, I, I, was, I remember very clearly, I was watching the X-Files, which I loved. And in the middle, during one of the commercial breaks, they did the teaser for the 10 o'clock news. And they went, the X-Files, is this the last season? Tune in at 10 o'clock and find I was like, oh, n- what? And I stayed to watch the news. And then they, um, um, uh, is this the last season for the X-Files? No, Chris Carter has renewed it for two more seasons. You cannot tease a story that doesn't exist. You can't go, you can't tease story going, was the president of stabbed with a sword today? Tune in at 10 o'clock. And he's, like, he's fine. All right. Any Another news. Like, that's not how you do the news. They teased a story that they knew the answer to that was not even a story. That was That's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. I've never forgotten that. On the Fox affiliate, uh, the local L.A. news is um, – I haven't – I mean, I, don't, I can't even say that. I haven't watched it in 20 years. But back in the day, there were just the Looney Tunes. They just had to fill in that, that – hour somehow and some of the stories were so stupid yeah and it was hilarious like they a friend of mine said one time he was watching they showed like these hot girls in like wet t-shirts like dancing on a bar table and they went what's this about <laughs> tune in at 10 and like wait what <laughs> then my friend dave anthony said literally they, they showed hot girls dancing on like a bar and they just said what's this about you're like well, tune in at 10 i guess like i'm gonna girls- watch <laughs> i don't know what the fuck this is is this a news broadcast what is this oh god hilarious now it's time for did you get our picks tell you what we like what we really really Hey guys, um, I'm going to do a little reverse patents picks here. I want to do an update on some picks that I talked about earlier in an earlier show, stuff that I was anticipating watching and a little worried about. Um, well, I went and watched them, and it was a weird. I'm going to talk about um, three <laughs> movies that I watched. Last time I talked about a film, uh, it is currently streaming on Shudder. Uh, it's a Shudder original, actually. It's called um, The Sadness, and it is a, uh, I believe Sad it movie? is a... No, a sad movie would have been nice. I believe this is a Korean film. It's a new take on the zombie genre. Um, my God, 
first off, um, brilliant, a, a genuinely brilliantly directed film. Uh, the director um, of this movie, um, who I am looking up uh, right now because I should have looked that up before I started talking about this. Um, God damn, does he know how to shoot um, a film, where to put a camera, how to build tension. His name is Rob Jabaz. And um, uh, basically it is about a um, uh, virus that gets loose. It's like a, a, a mutated form of rabies. And what it does is when it infects you, it doesn't turn people into zombies. It unlocks the absolute worst things you want to do to other people. Like oh. it's just, and when you, for, when you first infected, you start crying because you realize you're about to just devastate everyone around you. And um, the things that people start doing are horrifying. Wow. The worst things, not not everything you want to do. So it's, it's not like... It's the worst thing you can think of doing. Wow. And it's horrifying. Oh and there God. are scenes that are I'm so... I'm so happy that doesn't exist. You would have forks in your eyes, babe. <sighs> well, but it's also what you want to do to other people. Like people want to do... That. Well, that's Again, what I meant. I was joking. I would stab yeah. you in the eye with a fork, but I wouldn't because oh, I love I you. you meant me. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. Um, no. Wow, you went right to that really quick. <laughs> Really I, no, quick. No, 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 no. I literally am joking. But I did go on a date with someone <laughs> once. At the end of the date, mm -hmm. he, first of all, he was horrible. He was right. like a nightmare. But he was also funny. So right. he was a funny nightmare. <laughs> so, at, so at the end of the date, he's like, should we should go out again? And I was like, honestly, I would if we went out again, I would literally stab you in the eye with a fork. But I think you're funny. <laughs> and so I was joking when I said it. But anyway. But you weren't. But I was um, so I watched that movie, which I, talk, I talked about on an earlier. I was, I was about to watch it because everyone had been recommending it, but warning me, just letting you know, this is a really, really disturbing, scary, nihilistic, genuinely terrifying movie. Ooh, ooh. Um, but and, and with one of the most downer endings, we're just like, okay. And then I watched a movie uh, called Mad God, also on Shutter, uh, made by Phil Tippett. Phil Tippett is a um, very famous um, uh, special effects guy. He did The Thing. Oh. Um, and he's worked on this film. It's a stop motion film. He's worked on it for 30 years. Oh, I love stop motion. It is this, well, you're not going to like Mad God because uh -oh. it is also so scary, so dark, so disturbing, so genuinely nightmarish. Is like, it with cartoon, like little claymation little things? Little claymation things, but not fun claymation right. things like wow an absolute vision of hell really like a vision of hell that sounds Earth. interesting that you could make <laughs> such a scary movie with claymation oh god i mean listen Coraline was a beautiful film also a little bit scary yeah but i imagine this is imagine tools uh video for sober i don't know if anyone oh, yeah who knows what i'm talking about yeah imagine that but cranked up to 10 yeah. for for 90 minutes Oy. um so i watch both of those and I acknowledge these are brilliantly made films that I might have been able to go to the end of my life without seeing. Um, I appreciate the commitment uh, to the to the vision. And then when I was done with them, I took a fucking bath and I watched The Harvey Girls, which is a Judy Garland musical. <laughs> and I just needed watched, a palate I cleanser. just needed a goddamn palate cleanser. The Harvey Girls is a is a musical based on an actual thing. Uh, the Harvey restaurants which were one of the big civilizing things in the West. When people were moving, expanding westward back in the 1800s, um, a, lot of the, a lot of the things that stopped people wanting to move out there and settle, and these towns needed people to settle, was that the train stations had awful food, and the restaurants were, a lot of them were staffed by ex-cowboys, ex-gunfighters, ex-outlaws that were stabbing each other, no service, disgusting food. So this guy... Harvey, um, something Harvey opened these restaurants near every train station, and the women they would women would like go out there to get jobs, and they would have to dress really nice. And there was a they had had like cloth and nice silverware, and it made people want to move. One of the big reasons that we expanded west, there's a lot of them, but one of them was the Harvey Girls, and they're even um, even at the train museum here in Burbank. There's a little plaque to the Harvey Girls. Like one of the reasons that. So was it a good movie? It was, I mean, it's a big, goofy musical. Right, You know, right. the train must be fed. And then they have that very famous, on the on the Akachink, Topeka, and the Santa Fe, that big hit song, um, Johnny Mercer, that was a, you know, it, it's very it's very fun, but it's also just very bright 
and things work out in the end. And um, Angela Lansbury plays like a hooker who. Oh my goodness! Um, yeah, that's not typecasting. <laughs> oh, she is. She is so hot in this movie. Really, <laughs> Angela Lansbury. When she was young, she was hot. Wow. Oh my god. That I'm gonna look that and up. And so she. Um, has to give up the man she loves because she realizes he's actually happier if she goes with Judy Garland, the young waitress. And Wait, whoa, whoa. If she goes with, you mean like, you mean like romantically? No, no, she gives the man up to go, the man, she gives the man to Judy Garland. Like, they belong oh, together. Oh, I'm oh. going somewhere else. <laughs> I thought you were like. <laughs> no, that would have been amazing, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would have been a different, um, kind. Angela Lansbury, would it would have been different. Ooh, yeah. Um, and Ray Bolger's in it um, as a, Goofy Blacksmith, he was, of course, the Scarecrow in Wizard of Oz, so he has his big tap dance number. It's just people dancing around and serving food, and I, after the sadness and mad God, I needed the fucking Harvey girls. Well, I love that you brought up this <sighs> topic of palate cleansers. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently, I texted this to you, I, I recently got a tweet Mm-hmm. from a fan of yours who was recently at your last gig. I just did two, I, I was in Lincoln, Nebraska and Wichita, Kansas. Yeah, and this guy wrote to me and he goes, your husband is so badass. The first, <laughs> he, he said, just the opening line of his last set makes me love him like nobody's Aww. business or something like that. And so I wanna read to your fans what, your fans. My I want, fans. <laughs> I want to read to the only people who li- the only people who like you on this call. Um, call. Who who am I today? Wow. Um, no, but I would like to read this. All right. Um, because I think it's really awesome, and I too think you're a badass. So, I'm going to argue that this actually wasn't badass. But go ahead. Okay. So this is how Patton opened his show the other night. Quote. And keep in mind, I'm in Lincoln, Nebraska, and Wichita, Kansas. Right, and this is. Um, the weekend, the night that you found out that Roe versus Wade had been Friday morning, Roe Wait, v. Wade got Roe overturned. Wade. Friday night, I had to do a show in Lincoln, Nebraska. So he opened with this: "My show tonight is going to be extra silly and goofy because if I get within a mile of how I'm really feeling right now, no one's going to have any fun. So if you are one of the people cheering the death of Roe versus Wade today slash yesterday, rest assured there's nothing in tonight's show that will offend you or make you walk out." But also know that I absolutely despise you. This hour-long sanity bath isn't for you. <laughs> and I just love how you phrase it as a sanity bath because it's true. Like, we need comedians right now. We yeah. need show, good shows on TV, happy shows, too. Yes, comedians are so important as journalists, as, as our journalists to yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of frame the political landscape. <laughs> and... Um, a lot of people do need, when they spend all day stressed out and watching the news constantly and getting upset, yeah. to go and see a comedian who is going to acknowledge the problem, and but then also, like, let me help you guys. Let me give you a moment of respite. Well, respite. it was also me saying, this is bigger than me right now. I, yeah. I'm not the guy that's going to, you know, drop any science about this. That would be insulting to the people that have been fighting this. And warning us about this for decades, literally warning us about this for decades. And there were a lot of people that shrugged it off or, you know, um, we reassured ourselves that, oh, America can't go that crazy. No, any country can go that crazy. Any country can fall. Any country can come apart at the seams. There's no country is immune from that. And so a lot of times, and, and this is not to get too personal, but when I was going through, I remember very specifically when I was going through my grief, the thing that I needed the most, um, besides, you know, grief counseling and my friends and everything. When you were going through grief after Michelle passed yes, away. Yes, yeah. was um, uh, I needed absolute absurdity. I needed this feeling of, um, it, it's, it's almost like this, this defiance in the face of all the darkness, all of this very um, calculated diabolical evil that's coming our way. It, there's something very brave in just being completely absurd and throwing complete lunacy at it to go, I'm still laughing, I'm still alive. So when I was going through my grief and I, I, I would rewatch Tim and Eric's um, stuff, I would rewatch old Marx Brothers, especially Duck Soup, which literally movie makes no sense and it's, it's, it's a delight. And Eric Andre, I needed absolute absurdity. It got me through everything. It's so- and it meant everything to me. I felt like in that audience, there were men and women that were feeling a lot of despair and what I was saying was, I'm giving you a one-hour breather because I know because we all got to go back out there and deal with this shit. So here's a breather. 
I am happy that you told me that because I never really felt like that where I needed I mean, I'll watch a scary movie or something and I'll need a palate cleanser like that. But if you're going through a hard time in your life um, and there are so many people and fans Mm -hmm. who have written to me about you that Mm -hmm. said, please tell your husband he saved me from, you know, the darkest grief I've ever been through because you talked about a lot of this stuff in Annihilation. You're special on Netflix or Please tell your husband I think he's so funny, da da da. And occasionally people will tell me, like, your movies made me feel this. You're you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just it really is when you get people vulnerable and honest and they really do say that the art helped. Yeah. And it does. Yeah, there's a really there's an amazing scene near the end of the the previous season of Succession when um the son, the eldest son, and I'm forgetting his name right now, is basically the father's gonna uh, destroy him and, and release that he like killed that guy in the car crash and um, Shiv and um, um, Kiernan Culkin have to um, they realize how deep into depression and darkness he is and Kiernan's Kieran, character Kieran. Kieran's character starts making these ridiculous jokes and it's so and even Shiv is like what are you doing and you see it's starting to pull the guy out yeah. a little bit like yeah there's still silliness, there's still absurdity. And I just remember there are very specific moments when I was in the early 90s, I had moved to San Francisco and I went into a massive depression. I was really full of doubt, like, should I stay here? Should I go back to Virginia? Maybe I don't belong out here. I, I just was really, ter- you know, torn up about things. And I remember I, t- I called up my friend, Matt Weinhold, great comedian, and I was just like, hey, I need to, um, I really need to talk to someone right now. I'm kind of freaking out. And... Um, he goes, yeah. Oh, he goes, sure, sure. And he goes, but this better be funny. And that <laughs> made me like laugh so hard, and it gave me the footing to then talk about what the despair was. Exactly. The, to getting the laugh out of me was like, oh, wait a minute, this is manageable. I can, you know. So, so, and I've had moments like that where, especially, and, and I'm talking from a sense of privilege. Uh, my privilege is a lot of my friends are comedians, and they know how to say things just right, just absurdly perfect that pull me right out of shit. And it's not necessarily that it pulls you out in those moments. They say something funny like that and then you stop being like, I need to talk to you, I have to. They say that and then you're like, <laughs> and then you go, and then it crushes you and then it opens you up and yes. it, the vulnerability. and then you can talk. And yeah. then it you gives can, you a foothold. It gives you, it It breaks through that um, thing that you're trying to protect yourself from feeling when it's so hard. Yeah, I was, uh, I was after Michelle passed, I was talk, and then after Michelle passed, then a friend of mine's husband passed away like a month later. And then a friend of mine's sister passed away a week after that. Like all these people that I knew were also going through the same grief. And and, and these people that were really close to me and that I really cared about, and they were going through the same, it felt, just felt like everybody was being pulled into darkness. And I was shooting a TV show. A friend, a friend of mine was like, go do a little part in this TV show. Like, just get yourself out of this. And I was doing a scene with Susie Essman. Oh, God, And I, I was talking her. to Susie. I'll never forget this. I was this is when I was in the depths of my grief. I'm like, I, she goes, "Are you okay? How you doing, sweetie?" I'm like, "I just, you know, this. I'm going through this. And now my friend's husband just died, and then this my friend's sister just died. I just feel like I'm. What if I'm just this avatar of death? Like I just feel like everything around me that I touch, I'm just all attached to death right now, and it's just I don't know how to live. And then so she just goes, "You're not that important." <laughs> And it so oh, that's beautiful. made me laugh. But it was also, She's yes, it was to, funny, but it was also like, hey, get, get fucking get over yourself. This right. is, get a grip. You're going through, this is a bunch of shit that's happening. Right. This is not a label on you. You're not the bringer of universe death. universe doesn't give a shit about you. No. You are not the target of anything. No. And it, But the way she said it was so funny, and it made me go, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, what the fuck am I doing? Um, You're not that important. But that's that's why your picks are so great. Um, I'll give one pick before we cut to break, real quick. I've been watching. Well, that wasn't a pick. That was a that was a follow up on two picks. Three picks. I, well, those again. Those I, I, the Harvey Girls is not for everybody. Oh. I'm saying if you watch, here's what I'm saying. Shutter. If you should do a package where you show the sadness and then um, Mad God and then the Harvey Girls, <laughs> so people can pull themselves out of it. Um. Oh man. Uh, so those that was a follow-up on my picks. I have some picks at the end of this, but oh, I just well, wanted to do a little follow-up. Oh, okay. Well, then we'll take a break and come we'll back. come back, yeah. Hey, guys. 
guys, we're back. So, hey. do you remember when I said, stay tuned, there's more? <laughs> um, there might be more. Patton and I have been sitting with each other and discussing things, and we love doing the podcast, and we love hearing from you guys, and it's real. Who knew how hard it was to, to make time oh, to boy. get together? You're always on the road. You're always well, doing a I show. I didn't know that things would take the turn that they did in terms of my acting and writing career. I mean, and, and anyone who... Oh, is an actor now, it will understand this. The last place they make movies and TV shows is in LA. <laughs> so right. I have all of this stuff coming up that is going to take me out of town um, constantly. Yeah, right now, um, I actually hadn't seen, since yesterday, I hadn't seen you for over a month. Over a month. And I saw you, and it was so great to see you, but also it's been really hard to schedule time to record the podcast. Oh my God. You've been in Savannah, Georgia, in a hundred and something degree heat, in a wool suit with a beard, <laughs> playing one of Lincoln's, what are you playing? I play a, uh, a historical figure. I'm Lafayette Baker, who was the uh, chief of police in New York, who was roped in by Stanton to find Lincoln's killers. Um. And you're in a wool suit in Savannah, Georgia. But on top of that. But then you're also on your comedy tour. So you're also in every city every yeah. other weekend. So it's been impossible with your schedule plus my schedule for us to get together. And so it's been really, really difficult to record. And and then when we do get the one hour, we have to, we sort of feel like, oh, God, we got to get this done. Yeah. Um, it's a little and breathless. It's, it's really, really hard. And we really love doing it. And... It's just right now very difficult to get it done. And the other thing was I was thinking about <laughs> was like the name of our podcast is Did You Get My Text? Mm -hmm. Because you and I met via texting each other. That's right. And our whole three-month prior to meeting in person was texting each beautiful, other. Beautiful. A beautiful story. Falling madly in love. And whenever you're on the road and even when you're in the house or even sleeping next to me, we actually text each other. And it, it really works for us. We don't really need to talk to each other. <laughs> yeah. The, a lot of the talking on the podcast, as we found out, look, people do podcasts all the time. And um, this one, uh, we, we, it was really, really fun. But we've gotten there, – there's this combination of um, – it's better that we just kind of text and chat privately, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I think that's But what for somehow, microphones in front of us, the, the conversation doesn't go the way that we want. And, and also, quite frankly, um, we, we just are crazy busy. And, and I've, been, I've had the rest of my year laid out for me, and it's going to get even worse. Like, you know I've what? been warned. You, and this isn't just acting stuff. Like, you got to promote this show. you got to promote this movie. You're going to be gone, 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 gone. So... Um, but this podcast is great and has been fun, and everyone who tells me about it loves it. I have noticed things about myself doing the podcast. Mm -hmm. Like, I interrupt a lot. Oh, boy. <laughs> and it's very hard oh. for me because I get so excited, like, when you say something and then I have a thought and my brain gets so excited. Yeah, can't you, you, you can't hold the thought for I 30 can't. seconds? You no, know, oh, because Lord. then I'll forget it. I really like well, well then. Okay, then, then you need to go see a neuropsychologist I because do. that's not a good sign. I know it's not. If you I gotta say it immediately or it's gone. <laughs> but oh what are you, the guy from Memento? <laughs> you should just like tattoo talking points all over yourself and stand in front of a mirror, you know, don't interrupt. Okay. I know. So so I'm really like really trying to work on not interrupting. I think that's mm -hmm. something I've learned a lot. Mm -hmm. Um and you know. Haven't mastered it, but you're aware of it. Yeah. You have not mastered that at no, all. No, because sorry. I'm no. literally just starting. <laughs> oh. No, I, I try not to. Anyway, what we're saying is... Um, <gasps> no. What? Well, what we're saying is maybe... You literally just interrupted me. <laughs> you literally just said... You literally just did the thing that you said, to you, I'm working on it. What we're saying... No! And then, and by the way, did you notice how she interrupted me and then said the exact thing I was saying? Holy moly. Wow, baby. Go it, ahead. So, and also I've noticed that the only times we ever really bicker is when we do the podcast. Yeah, boy, the stuff that we've edited out of this thing. Um, It's pretty funny. So, yeah, we've been definitely, um, this, I've never, we've never fought. You never, we never yell. But I think sometimes when we do the podcast, we definitely are like bickering afterward. Like, yes, why'd you do that? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but that being said. We love each other more than anything, and we do love doing the podcast, but I feel like because of our schedules, it's going to be difficult to continue every week like we're doing. So 
we are either going to, we're going to figure something out. Either this is our very last podcast (laughs) or we will do like a special podcast every now and then or we're going to figure it out. And uh, I'm sure you guys will find out shortly what the deal Mm -hmm. is. But that's that's what has been mulling about in our brains while we attempt to find time to get together to actually record. Yeah. Uh, but keep in mind that you—it's not that we are going away. And unfortunately, I'm gonna—I think I'm—I'm I'm gonna. You're gonna be sick of me by the fall. I'm gonna be sick of me by the fall. Um, I have so many things coming out that I have to do. That unfortunately, I did not know that a podcast took up this much time. It was really, really fun to do. I did, um, you know, really. It, it kind of changed my thinking about the world. Like things to think about. Do I think deeper about this? Do I That's uh, exactly look right. at it from a different angle? Yeah. But um, unfortunately, I'm, I'm about to enter a time in my life where I'm all of my energy will be toward, it'll all be task-oriented stuff that I'm doing literally through the end of the year, it, where it, it's, it's going to be the rest of this year will be bird by bird. So that's our sitch, but it doesn't mean we don't love this, and it doesn't mean we might not still do this in the future. Yeah. So we're going to keep it going, but um, I don't know if we're going to be doing every week. It might be, yeah. a, it might be for special occasions with special guests. But um, we for love now, you. We love all of you. You're just you're not worth our marriage. <laughs> is what we're saying. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that weird yeah. that like they've you know people have been listening we've been doing it for over a little bit over a year a little bit over a year and um yeah you really do see a trajectory of how people communicate and how mm-hmm. they you know yeah um but, but anyway but we do still have picks and we do still have things to talk about but i just wanted to put that in your brain people because yes. that's uh something we're going to be considering just you know it's just taking it's time-wise really oh boy um boom do some picks okay so I just started watching Ozark, which has been out for, what, four years now? <laughs> I'm so late to the game on that. Yeah. But it's really great, and I'm super into it. And um, Jason Bateman is phenomenal. And, you know, his father is a director, and he has become an incredible director himself. I've heard himself. he's become an amazing director. Um, I've known Jason since I was 14. Mm-hmm. Um, we knew each other as friends. Um, and then... Uh, Obviously, he was a child actor, and I was as I am was as well. And we went to a lot of um, award shows together. Oh. I, I remember I got nominated for Natty Gann, mm. and I took him as my date. Aww. We went to one thing, and the, so there's pictures of, of us together online when we were little kids, which is super cute because he's in a tux and I'm in like a silly little dress, <laughs> um, and it was very adorable. But it's a great show, and the little girl—well, not the little girl, but the girl in it. Um, yeah, who's the blonde that everyone raves about? She was in that Anna Delvey uh, show. Oh, my God. What's that show that's, like, about she's a con artist and she gets all her friends to give her money? Oh, yeah. Anyway, it was fa- it's fabulous and the show's great. So that's my pick. That's your pick. Inventing Anna. That was the name of the show. Inventing Anna. Um, I, that whole mentality of, oh, I'm late to the game or, oh, I was into that. Oh, you, you know, finally. Art We'll wait forever for you to find it, and it's always happy when you show up. Don't ever think in terms of like – I've had friends that have told me, I'm finally watching The Wire. I'm like, good. Don't say that like you're embarrassed. You get to watch The Wire. Oh, of course. I'm not- I would give anything to have never watched The Wire and get to watch it for the first time. Totally. Oh, my fucking God. There are so many shows that have been out that I've never gotten a chance yet to – partake in like Mad Men and all yes. these there's some great shows. Oh you're gonna you're gonna get to watch Mad Men. Yeah. Oh my God. I know that's how you felt when I wanted to start watching The Wire. You're like, you get to start watching and the I Wire. got to watch it with you again. That was my fifth time watching it and I got to watch you react to certain things. I love that about you. You wanted to show me Casablanca and all these movies mm-hmm. and you're like I love seeing it for the first time through yours. It's kind of like when you have children and you take them somewhere that you've been then you yeah. see the awe. Like you take your kid to Disneyland and you look at their eyes and the wonder and everything, and it's just great to see someone else experiencing something that means so much to you. And also, they see they see dimensions and angles that you did not see. That that's oh, yeah. thing that you to- totally loved and think that you have ownership over, and think you have figured out. And then someone comes along and goes, "But what about this?" You're like, "Oh, yeah." But like a friend of mine talked about. I forgot who said this to him. My friend Dana Gould. Um, great comedian, and he talked about how much he. Every, everyone loves the movie Raiders of the Lost Ark. Great movie, super fun adventure. A friend pointed out to him something that he had missed 
I think a lot of people miss, probably even Spielberg and Lucas missed it about the movie. Doesn't make the movie any less great. However, logically, there is no reason for Indiana Jones to be in that film. In fact, he hinders the good thing happening in a weird way. The, the, the Nazis want the Ark. They want the Ark. They want to bring the Ark back to Berlin. They want to open it up for Hitler. And um, Harrison Ford is trying to stop them. Stop them. We got to stop them. We got to get that Ark. The Ark is opened. The Ark defends itself, kills all the bad people, kills all the Nazis, and then seals itself off. And then Harrison Ford brings it back to the United States. If he had just let them take it to Berlin, he would have killed and Hitler. Open it up <laughs> it would have ended World War II. He actually prevented a great thing happening. <laughs> the whole, there was no reason for him to be. Let them have the absolutely go open the ark, open it for Hitler. Oh, make sure that Goring and and you know all the make sure all of those people make sure Goebbels is there and yeah. please make sure they're all there when you open up that ark. Like like it's a I didn't weird even thing. think about that. I, it's just, neither did I. Neither did Dana. And a friend of his pointed that out. He's like, "Oh, wait a minute. That's so why funny. did why did they just let him take it to Berlin?" So that kind of I love when people bring something new. I, I, I never ever get down on people for never heard this, never seen this, never read this. Well, oh, then you're going to get to. Yeah. And also, if you never do, that's fine. You're I, still gonna. Well, I don't think anyone judges someone for not having seen something. It's just oh, like I lo- I'm sorry, but there's so, so many. And it's look, not I judging. Used, I used to be one of those people. It's more of like, like you've never seen Apocalypse Now. You're know, like um, now that I've, I've with age, I've turned to. Oh, you're gonna. If if you do see it, it's going to be great. Like you're gonna get to watch it. I would give anything to watch that for the first time. Yeah, I guess it's like when you talk to little kids and and you're like. I mean, not David Bowie is a good example, but like a little kid, like, oh my God, it's David Bowie. It's my favorite Bowie song. Who's Bowie? You're like, wait, what? You don't know who that is? You don't right. know who Prince is? You don't know who, yeah. But I always take it, in, my angle is always, oh, you, oh, you're so lucky you don't know who they are. You're going to get to discover them. Yeah, totally. I'll never get to do that again. Like, I'll just always know. Yeah. And when you see, like, especially watching Alice discover David Bowie, was a, that was amazing. And she's obsessed with the loves, Beatles. Loves, Bowie loves the Beatles. When she comes back, we got to take a few days and watch the Beatles Get Back documentary Oh, yeah, we her. haven't, see, there's one. There's a great one that we haven't seen yet as a family that everyone else is like, you haven't seen that yet? You got to right. see it. Yeah. But, but no one's judging. It's always just excitement. Yeah. And my other pick, um, because it starts this week, is season two, and I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be amazing because season one was amazing. Season two of Only Murders in the Building starts this week. Meredith and I were supposed to go to the premiere last night. But and, we haven't seen each other in over a month. And, and also we had just hit a freak. I had hit a wall. I I, I looked at you, and, and, and I've seen this expression in you too, and I'm so glad you understood this. I'm like, I can't leave the house. Tonight. I'm like, like me neither. Yeah, like I can't. I'm I'd, like, let's eat Hershey's Kisses I need and watch to Ozark. Do laundry, <laughs> take a shower. I if I can't get into clothes and be social, I just can't do it. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't prepared to be photographed or anything. I just and, wanted to chill. I mean, there are times when I've been invited to a premiere where I'm just like, let's just sneak around back and just watch the movie and yeah, hang out with I our friends. I just don't movie. want to do the red carpet. I just want to watch the movie. I don't yeah. care about the red carpet. Yeah, and I don't care about the after party. I just want to see the movie and go home. Yeah, like I would have loved to watch the show. The show's amazing, but I'm sure that um, – so my, my – um, But we're friends with those guys. It would have been nice to see them afterward. That's but true. anyway, but yeah, we're, yeah. we were tired. We had uh, – um, Steve Martin is a, is a genuinely amazing, hilarious guy, um, and we kind of know him. And just to and, and also just – I would have liked to talk to him and just say the way that you structure a mystery – is so here's what's so brilliant about only murders in the building is the the mystery is not about the mystery. Yes, there's a there's a crime, there's a mystery, but all the truly great mysteries are about how do the people trying to solve it, how does it change them as people? Because as the show goes on, you realize Steve Martin, Martin Short, and um um what's her name? So Selena Gomez. Selena Gomez are not just these impartial, I'm just trying to solve a puzzle. They themselves are mysteries and still need to solve themselves. They are damaged. They have unresolved stuff. And a lot of times their solution to what the mystery is is affected by who they are and what they've experienced. And it's so brilliant how they nail that. Well, mystery is very exciting. And you guys can stay tuned and listen for the mystery of did Meredith commit a crime and send Sour Patch Kids to her daughter at camp? Perhaps in the future, maybe I'll tweet it if we don't have a podcast for it. And um, but we do, we do love you guys, and we this this was so fun and yeah. is so fun, and we'll see what happens. But um, 
for, for now, now we're taking a break. For now, we're going to take a little bit of break and um, a long break. Well, we'll see. <laughs> okay. Okay. Bye. Have a great, great, great everything, everybody. This podcast is a production of Meredith Salinger and Patton Oswalt. In association with Starburns Audio. Executive producers are Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. And if you have questions for us, send them to... Hey, did you get my text? At gmail.com. And don't forget, subscribe to this podcast. It's free and it helps us get to keep making the show. Starburns Audio. A podcast. A podcast network.